life on the road. It's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, part of the All Things Comedy Network. Listen, I'm glad to be back. I took four weeks off. I had two guest hosts. I'll go into that later uh, and thank all those guys who guest hosted and those wonderful guests. And thanks for the emails uh, keeping me sane. Uh, but I look forward to coming back and doing this show. And what a great show I have lined up for you. I'm very excited for these two guests. I worked with you guys, oh boy, let me see, um, have to be close to two months ago now, I would imagine. It was in April. It was in April? Mm-hmm. Where are we? April, May, June. Oh, has it been that long? Yeah. Oh, well, of course. I spent a month in New Mexico and that just wasted time. Um, <laughs> I was... Uh, time well spent. <laughs> fortunate enough to be sandwiched in the feature spot between two very funny people, Paulina Combo. Is that how you pronounce it? Combo? It's perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. And Daryl Hammond was headlining that night. Um, it's actually the, Darrell Hamond. Oh, it's Darrell Hamond. I get yeah. combo right, but I can't get yeah, Hamond weird. right. <laughs> I don't have my cape on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was a great show. And it was. Uh, I like. Uh, I like meeting new people and getting along with it. You know what I mean? If I'm not no, wrong, that was like a standing it. ovation show. Uh, yeah, that, that was a seriously good show. They were. It was such a fun audience. I, I remember they, they were all expected in. to come out and for all of us to kill. Them. Right. You know, on a Sunday night or whenever it was, but we all killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was a Sunday night. That's right. That turned out to, that's a really good club. And there's another club it's up there club. called Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. And uh, I have a feeling that one's going to go south soon because uh, Oxnard opened up right, right, I don't know, within five minutes from it. Would they open? There's another comedy club that's been there for a while. And it's, I don't think it's going to last just because the, Clientele they're getting at Oxnard is right. is uh is it's that a uh, strip mall comedy club thing? Strip mall comedy, you can't thing. go wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, so, no, nobody likes to do comedy in a dark basement anymore. They I know want, they want to be next to uh, Chili's. Yeah, or a PF Chang's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've noticed. I don't know if you. I work a lot of the improvs in the country, and they're always next to a PF Chang's and an Old Navy. Oh yeah, which that's very astute. <laughs> well, it saved my ass a couple times having left my clothes. Is near Caroline's. Then they're all the big comedy clubs. Yeah, Shanks parked it. Oh, really? Arlington, yeah. remember? We Arlington. ate there, yeah. Arlington has one. I got to say, for uh, not Chinese, Chinese food, it's good stuff. But we don't have any good Chinese food out here. Yeah, that's what they say, right? Because it's all about the Hawaiian and the sushi. And the Thai. Yeah. And the Thai. I'm going to try some Thai then. You guys haven't had Thai yet? Not out here. Oh, really? You're actually not too far from a place called Thai, Toy Thai, T-O-I. You should check that out. Okay. It's pretty good. It's ordered tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Hold on. Stop. Stop. We're gonna <laughs> get Uber Eats right now. We are. We're in a, I was just telling Paulina this, Daryl, before you came in. We're, I, I lived in this neighborhood when I first got out here. And so mm-hmm. I was working at the comedy store, kind of doing door and, and getting spots. And then I went on the road with Pauly Shore. And he hooked me up with his best friend who needed a roommate. So it was just down the street here. And uh, I don't need to tell you what goes on at the comedy store when you're 20-something single and there's lots of alcohol and drugs going around. But uh, so I kind of flashed back to that part of my life as I pulled up, which is hilarious. Acid <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> which is funny because I literally just left my five-year-old son's kindergarten meeting. So just kind of the juxtaposition of where I'm at in my life now as to where I was when I was here. It was it was very uh, sobering to not uh, pun We're on going purpose. We're the comedy store. Uh, I have a set um, Saturday night. Uh-huh. You know, I don't having had my had death threats from people I've met in clubs. I don't like talk to people in clubs. Oh my God. Really? But I do see the uh, peripheral, um, out for a good time crowd. Uh huh. Um, you know, there's that comedy store is. I don't think it's ever been as hotter than it is now. No. It, and you, you just moved out here within the last year, right? Yeah. I just start, I just have only done one set there so far. Okay. No, I would say, well, when I started out, it was, it was the dregs. Nobody, like, no industry would go near it. 
and it was it was fights, drug deals going on all the time, prostitution, not part of the comedy store, but prostitutes would work in there. And then they got a new booker and kind of, I think Polly and his brother took over now that Mitzi's uh, ill and it is just great. Well, and stacked Paul, lineups. Polly obviously knows oh, what he's doing. Totally. Well, yes. <laughs> the, the club is killer. Oh yeah. And I mean, the place is killer. The lineups, I mean, on a even on a Tuesday is just a list, a list comics and can't get a seat anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and packed, which is great because it's a it's a. I like it. Well, it's close to you now, so if you just want to hang out, it's a good place to hang out. As much as I love the Improv, it's not really a good hangout club, and I love the Ice House also in town. It's not really a good hangout club. Plus, it's a butt fuck mile away. Oh, in excuse my excuse my French. There's a lady in the audience. Or in the Where? room. <laughs> so oh, what that's kind of, Mook's a boy. Yeah. Hey, there's a little pug right there I met in the green room. What kind of death threats do you get, if you don't mind me asking? That's interesting. I don't think we've ever had death threats on this show. Um, the first one they arrested in Brooklyn, and she had like a... Her whole house was a shrine to me and Bill Clinton. Oh, my God. The second one had fake... was from Turkey and said I was her uncle, which I don't have a brother, so that's kind of hard. Right. But she was so persistent that the NYPD arrested her at NBC. <clears throat> and then they took her down to the station. They found out the girl had fake credentials. What? She was a pro. Oh, really? That's kind of the time when I thought, I don't really want to work here anymore. Right. I remember I went out and I was supposed to play Speaker Haster, which he's a really interesting physical character. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, there's guys walking in the audience with with guns. Right. And you're like, I don't feel funny. <laughs> and I don't feel like playing my Stradivarius, you know? Yeah, sure. And I actually did. That's the first time I did a, a cold open, like, as myself. I was like, I, don't, I can't even talk. Oh, you didn't really go into an impression at no, all? No, I talked just like this as Speaker Hester. And uh -huh. I, I felt bad about it, but huh. truth is, you know, I was pretty shook up. I would imagine, and that—that that was my second, second threat. So, oh wow, how many have you got? If you, don't, I don't want to dwell on this uh, for too long. Well, there were only two, two that I knew about, but you know, there's always the sense that, for instance, I came back a year—not last year, but the year before—to play Trump for a year, and you know, I would go to NBC underground in the same tunnels as President Obama. Jeez. And be met by, you know, former federal agents and security. So <clears throat> there was the sense there were probably some problems again. Mm -hmm. But it was so under control, they just didn't mention it to me. Okay. I mean, I, it's easier for some people not to know about the threat. Just mm -hmm. that it's there and they need to be careful and, and that their security detail is great, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, there are people that think you're the same person as the person you play. Can't quite tell the difference. Are you doing a lot of Trump now impressions? I'm, uh, you Not did a lot really. of storytelling when we worked together, which I loved. What's that? You did a lot of storytelling when the show we did, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, I'm not really doing any um, Trump right now. Uh -huh. I do. I think I have one joke in my act that... I enjoy doing, um, it's a little tender. The crowds and the people that support him mm -hmm. are, are really playing for keeps. Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. They're not coming back. It's almost like they're not coming back from this. Right. It's true, yeah. When, when we've played rooms like Jacksonville, Florida or somewhere where it was you know, more Trump country, uh, they, they don't even want you to make fun of it. They didn't even want to joke about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've mentioned that on here mm -hmm. where because I do been doing a lot of stuff about religion lately, mm -hmm. and That's right, yeah, no problem. Preacher's son, right? <laughs> yeah, the preacher kid doing mm -hmm. no problem. You know, I basically you know if you believe in God, I'm probably some blasphemous jokes in there. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Second, I and I only do one Trump joke, and the second well, down, Trump comes down up, in the Bible <laughs> Belt and places like Akron and. You know, some of the places I've been around the country in the last couple of years that are basically boarded up, like mm -hmm. Akron, you know, I've heard um, was struggling somewhat. But I, I'm not an expert, so it may or not may or not be true. Right. But I have been in American cities that 
were once vital that are now boarded up. And, you know, they don't steal jewels anymore. They steal baby formula. Mm. So when you see that element out there, whatever it is that Trump represents to them is almost Messiah-like. Sure. Like they're wanting him to do something for them. Right. Absolutely. They don't mind any controversy that comes with it. Yeah. Now, and I can edit this out if you don't want me to, to say it. Now, you guys are a couple. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, always, I, I, I've, I don't have very many couples who tour together on here. So I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Is there any kind of, I don't know, is there any, like, let's say, I don't know, Pauline is a very uh, attractive woman and she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there any kind of like jealousy that comes on after some mook, no offense, uh, doggy, <laughs> comes up we and is use like, that word, okay? No. It's like, hey, uh, you're funny. What are you doing later? Or anything? You get any kind of jealousy I mean, like that? I, I could see how in, when I didn't know her that I would be, but I believe if there was a, something that I need to worry about, she would tell me in advance. Oh, okay. You know, when you date someone as attractive as her, you don't you don't expect that people won't find her attractive. Right. You know that they will, but you know, um, I believe she would tell me. Sure. If there was a problem, she'd let me know. Right. Did you tell her about tell him about how I hit on you in the green room while he was on? Is that? <sighs> I didn't want you to get killed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you? When when the ladies come on and hit on oh yeah no i think that's way more prevalent you know yeah. what i mean for me especially um because yeah i mean people know who he is and mm-hmm. they when we're hanging out together they super assume that i'm his assistant or his you know media person right. or whoever and uh you know these super pretty girls are always coming up to him and they're so helpful, you know, they're just willing to do anything you need. And then it's like, we kind of had to, to talk about this where it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you, ha- you have to introduce me as your girlfriend right? or else it's really awkward for me because they're like kind of hoping for something from you, you know? Right, sure. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, it's easier for me cause I, I, you know, I was warned and we were all warned <laughs> at NBC about, women that want to go to bed with you 30 seconds after they met you and how sometimes women in that sorority mm-hmm. will be psychopaths or actual professional con artists that are oh. setting you up to oh, take wow. your sperm or right. photograph you or whatever it is and <laughs> wow yeah figure. and that yeah i mean i having had one death threat as a result of it and had mm-hmm. to move my whole family out of New York City Jeez. because of it. I don't even talk to people anymore. Right. You know, I mean, I'm polite and everything, yeah. but huh. I can't imagine even if Paulina were not there, you know, even before I met her, you know, me opening myself up to that kind of danger again right. doesn't seem likely to me. Well, yeah, I mean, once you've been burned to that level... Well, you know, if if you know that during the course of your day someone's following you and you can't see them, mm-hmm. if you know they've been with you all along and you can't tell they were there, and if you know that when they want to they're going to try to kill you, right? That'll upset your stomach. Yeah, that'll that'll make you a little bit crazy for a little while. I bet. Quite a feeling. I bet, man. Because they that's... get, you know, under American law they get the, they get a shot. Yeah, they get to take the stalkers. Take hmm? Stalkers. Yeah, absolutely. Explain that a little bit. Well, in America, it's legal because of free speech. It's legal to be a creep. (laughs) You know, the language has to be very selective so that it's an actual threat. Right. Or they have to shoot a gun or throw Mm -hmm. a knife or something like that. But Mm. that was quite an experience getting in the psyche of someone who, in point of fact, was building up to kill. But really, so it was a, I mean, it wasn't. A threat for attention it was or does it even matter at that point it's usually someone who you know like they have somebody in their life that they want to get revenge on and Mm -hmm. then either bill clinton or somebody like represents that person to them and and you become a stand-in yeah in in psychotherapy they call it transference okay you become a stand-in for this for somebody wow i think they'll feel better if they kill the stand-in you know what i mean right 
they can't kill the person that actually hurt them. Wow. And so forgive my ignorance on this whole subject, but um, so these are, and this was a legitimate, and I don't want to take away from the seriousness of this, but this was a legit, she was going to kill you. This wasn't like, I'm going to threaten him and get the attention and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but the problem with that is, and you know, when you talk to the cops and I was down and talked to the district attorney in New York City, they got to do something that demonstrates that. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Just showing up at your house and following you around and uh, taking pictures of you and mail of your you and your or your kid and mailing sure. them to you um, is legal, right? That's just called being a creep. Yeah, they have to make a move. Yeah, and in this case, we waited. We had to wait like a year for Jeez. them to actually get so feverish yeah. in their desire to inflict pain. You have to document the escalation, right? You document the escalation, wow. and then you document the moment when they, as the cops say, do something real stupid. Right. Like, put it in writing. Well, it's uh, a, you know, it's the same as, like, battered women. Mm-hmm. You know, can't do a lot unless you tell somebody and show them your bruises. Right. Yeah, and you can't tell on them if you don't have bruises. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's, it, right now, in jurisprudence, the bad guys... There's some areas that, you know, they have a slight advantage, and I'd say harassment laws might be one. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Sure. I mean, you get to harass people. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess you're right. You get to, to you know, uh, send a picture to you of your, you have a, ch- a child? Yeah, I have a five-year-old yeah, son. Yeah, do I get to do that? Ugh. How, how old are your kids? Well, she's a teenager now. Yeah, but, but around that time? Uh, she was, um, oh, Six, five or six years old. Man. This is the scariest thing in the world. We moved to a high security park. Uh huh. A high security park called Tuxedo Park uh-huh. with high security. Wow. Like ridiculous security. Like <clears throat> the most famous rich people in the world live there. And it was a little compound. Yeah. That's, you know, you don't really think about that when you talk, when you talk of fame, you know, people don't really see what you give up when you think when you look on the outside people think oh my god you have it you have everything but you can't you lose a lot you yeah know? i mean they live they have a school in the park they have a police force in the park they have part private wow. security there are lasers in the woods mm-hmm. lasers in the lakes i mean these are people that do have picassos in their house mm-hmm. you know these are people whose names are are synonymous with america yeah who basically live in a kind of police state mm. so their children won't get kidnapped. Right. Man, that's insane. Tuxedo it's, Park, huh? I've never yeah. heard of it. Is it outside New York? Yeah. Because this was back About an hour upstate. Okay. Beautiful place. How is that commute? You know something? I'm I, so got, from Los I bought Angeles. myself a little sports car <laughs> and it wasn't that bad. No? Okay. <laughs> you know, I kept a little, uh, uh, my one bedroom in New York, a mm-hmm. little place I have. It was, And, you know, when I had to sleep over, I slept over, but it really sure. wasn't... You zip up in your cool car. It took me a couple of months to get to get tired of even the sports car. It was like a right. X five or one of these unbelievably well made BMWs. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so such. Yes, a, I've never it, even seen him drive. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, the cars are so well made. If you haven't driven driven one of those it's cars, it's weird to see you. Wasn't it like a little? I thought you said it was like a red convertible no no oh. it was a red it was a, it was a black uh, x5 is uh-huh. i don't know it was their sports car race right. car yeah mm-hmm. oh that's after funny. a while i got dull because i don't like driving yeah and well, i'm not good at it well it's a good thing you moved to a town that you don't have to drive oh wait but uber's I, so cheap here i like in west hollywood to the upper west side in new york uh-huh. mm-hmm. we walk to almost everything mm-hmm. almost everything we do we walk yeah, really, you're in a good, you're in a good neighborhood to mm-hmm. be able to walk this up. Is that where you lived in New York, Upper West Side? Yeah. Near, uh, was that Stand Up New York? They're on 78th? Yeah. Okay. I heard that place is really taken off, turned around. Because back when I was working at, back when I lived, it was real kind of where the comedy store was years ago. But I hear Stand Up New York is doing really well. It's interesting to me, you know, that there are some people who actually know how to do a comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we were in at Zany's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been in a better club. Zany's, really? In Nashville. Okay. 
Have you been out there? No, I do. I don't. Do, I do the Chicago Improv, so he kind of doesn't oh, book me at right, Zanies. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's still going on. So well, I haven't really that's done Zanies. That's quite a room. And yeah, that's, that's like my home club, basically. Oh, of so course. Was, I was so scared going back. You she know, after them. like a year. Yeah. No, I don't think I killed, but it was a good show overall. I mean, he got a great standing ovation. Right. You know, it's got to feel good though to go back to your hometown and and kill in front of your peers you grew up with i don't yeah i don't think it was a good show for me i was mm. really anxious yeah of course she is <laughs> of course she is she totally she totally i was so it. nervous absolutely but, uh, i bet it was a good experience overall like super good right mm-hmm. i learned that you had like i get so many people come up to you after a show and you're they're like oh you're so great i gotta find myself going not going yeah, it's all right. I mean, I screwed up that one joke. Right. And I forgot to call back. You know, they don't. Yeah, they I don't want to know about our phobia or our, you know, totally. what is it? They our want, scar, emotional scars. You need to just say thank you. Yeah. you know, like they bought a ticket, they showed up, say thank you. You smile know, smile I mean? and say thank There's you. There's a couple of people that I'll go up to and be like, "Was I as bad as I thought?" And and they'll usually tell me. We could tell how nervous you were, but I don't think anybody else could. Right. <laughs> That's the answer I usually get. Well, I mean, you had, you had like one set where you didn't just didn't come together. Oh, totally. But that's par for the course. Mm-hmm. I mean, on we a, all have them. Out of eight shows on a tour, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a night that it's just not your night. Sure. <laughs> now I asked about the down like the downfalls of touring as a couple. What are some of the positive things? Because I I know I find myself out on the road. You know, I was out for something like 20 days last year and mm-hmm. I just missed my son, missed my wife. You know, I, I was overseas. So the time difference, so I couldn't commiserate when I had <laughs> the off nights, you know, I couldn't, didn't have somebody to t- talk to. Oh, totally. I think it's, it, it, nice. it, we finally figured out that having two hotel rooms. Mm. We tried it for the first time this week. Oh, interesting. Uh, work like a charm. It was so nice. Yeah. Yes. Because you don't keep each other awake. Sure. You know, we, we, yeah. we sleep differently. Yeah. We would like, yeah, we would, we would, you know, we'd wake up, have breakfast together and like do, you know, we would kind of have our decompression, get ready mm-hmm. time separately. And, you know, we could sleep separately. But like the rest of the time we would hang out. I don't know. It was just really nice to be able to get away from each other a little bit too. I think that's a secret to any couple or That's marriage we're here with a two bedroom absolutely yeah. and you know like there was one morning where we were just we were so weird you remember that and we were it was like we woke up and we were just going to start fighting and we didn't really even know why mm-hmm. and then we just went and got like this really huge breakfast and then we walked over to like a little mall acupressure place <laughs> and just Got stuff in there. Got put to sleep. And it was like going on a date. It was like going on a first date. It was so much fun. And after we got all relaxed and our tummies full, we were like, you know, just googly eyed to each other. Oh, that's nice. Separate bedrooms, separate baths. (laughs) (laughs) Do it the Woody Allen Mia Farrow way. That's that's all I can tell you. Yeah. Separate bedrooms. Now, my wife, you know, my wife and I got married later on in life and we're both very set in our ways. So we we were. Separate, you know, we both each have our office and we have our bedroom. And if we need, I got a Murphy bed in my office or a Murray bed. A Murray bed. bed. I like to call it. There you go, Polly. Yeah. with me. Uh, yeah, in case I just want to, you know, we both need to just ditch out and, and get our shit together with our own heads. I think our relationship became possible when we suddenly said, we don't have to sleep in the same room every night. Right. You're right across the goddamn living room. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure I know where you are. <laughs> and I don't really notice you when I'm asleep. Right. Yeah, it's Th- such a weird, because I learned that from my parents who have been together for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they have, you know, a lot of times my mom will go sleep in another room or they even vacation separately. I mean, they Ooh. vacation together, but, you know, my mom doesn't play golf and my dad's an avid golfer. Is she right. going to go sit with her thumb up her ass while he goes to Sarasota and plays for eight days? No, go by yourself. We'll go to Hawaii in a couple months. And then we've, we've established that actually looking for places to be separated for brief times mm-hmm. is actually really good for us. Yeah. But I love that thing about your mom and dad. That's perfect because yeah. she likes to go to the beach. I hate the beach. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I like to go to New Orleans. And But... Uh, 
She would be <laughs> and pissed. Dot, dot, dot. No. She'd, be, she'd be pretty pissed if I went there without her, I think. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> if I went to Spavana, Oklahoma to see my friend from college, she'd go, all That's right. That's fine. You? Yeah, that's chill. I'll go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to come by, man. I live uh, not too far from the beach. Exactly. You guys got to yeah, come by. And I'm volunteering in Santa Monica now. Oh, really? Doing yeah. what? Oh, I, I just started it, but I'm doing um, these storytelling workshops at, oh, a re- at a rehab place. Oh, that's amazing. It's fun. Oh, yeah. good for you. That's I love, let me tell you, I love volunteering. I, I used to, I used to do, there's a, a thing called Art of Elysium, which this girl started that I know who takes all creative people and brings them to like Shriners and mm-hmm. for sick children. And um, to be honest with you, uh, after I had my child, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> there right. were just, there were times, even before I had my child, there were times when I had to leave the room because mm-hmm. it was just, you know, to quote David Letterman, this kid's going to get on the bus and not come back. You know what yeah. I mean? So I had to split. But now I do a thing called a walk on water which we bring uh, kids with special needs into the water and take them surfing. And a listener named Cheryl Jones uh, hooked me up with that, and it's fant- It's so much fun. I do one show a month at Laugh Factory to raise money for Claire Foundation. Oh, great, yeah. Wait, that's coming up, isn't it? I just did one, and I've done two so far. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. Is that yours? or? Yeah, it's called Daryl Hammond and Friends at the Laugh Factory. Awesome. The first Wednesday of we the month. We don't obviously know how to do it yet. There's a way to promote it. We don't know how to do that yet, but. Right. Working it. Working um, on Promoting this town. And I want to get, like, I think I have good ideas. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I didn't get really involved this time, but, you know, I think I know a little bit about. I want to ask one of the Dodgers to come and mm-hmm. try stand up oh, for charity. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, that would be a fucking fun night. Right, absolutely. It'd just be a great night. Just, That's yeah, great. If I can, get, if I can get Hirsch, Clayton Kershaw, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going for Gaga. <laughs> I think you don't. You basically want to get like famous, funny people to come and try stand up. You know, but oh, who aren't first time? who aren't yeah. stand ups, but are funny. Okay. I'd like who are to just do so that, funny. Like who? Like who? Like Clooney? You know? He's, I don't know how to do this yet. Right. <laughs> it's just these are just ideas I'm thinking about. Right. Well, no. Gotta know. get them to agree to it first. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So you guys were out on eight days, eight eight date, an eight date tour, I should say. Oh, it wasn't even that, right? It was like five days, and then the other two were travel days. Oh, you know, sure. Where do we're goes? not good at traveling. I don't know if you've noticed that. What? We're not um, very good at traveling. I should point out that you guys are comedians. Yeah, <laughs> and what's we? Do I mean, this? you see oh, that wow. I've gotten an IV from my jet lag and my muscle spasm. Wow, I mean, kind of a baby. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we don't do too well. We we take like a whole week to recover. Yeah, well, the travelate side of this sucks. I don't have to tell you guys. Panette told me years ago when I used to open for him. He's like, they don't they don't pay us to perform. They pay us to get up at six a.m. and get on an airplane and drive five hours. That's what they pay and us do for. Radio and, and do radio. Yeah, because when I look back at last week, I've never had better shows. Mm-hmm. The middle never killed. Middle act never killed more. Mm-hmm. The, the opener never killed more. Wow, that's great. I never killed more. Uh huh. These are great clubs in the southeast, but we fly across country, jet lag, get up, 6 a.m. radio. Right. Jet lag, jet lag, jet lag all day long. That night we do a show, we get in the car and drive till 2 a.m. Yeah. And get up the next day in another city. That's too much. Right. I mean, at the time it sounded fun. Yeah. It's like me and Paulina and Kendall have a good time and we'll be laughing. <laughs> we love each other. Right. We do love each other, but... Well, the that <laughs> sucked. I mean, it was just bad. The travels. Oh awful. yeah. Well, they were they were getting the clubs us are great. A, yeah, sure. The thing that I didn't anticipate was, have you ever done this? Where they were getting us to drive to the next city the, during the night, like right after the show. Now, were you guys driving, or did you have a bus or a driver? Well, or what we did, we thought we were going to rent a car and uh-huh. drive, but what they did was arrange drivers for each okay. place. So the first night. You know, we're in Zanies, Nashville, and this kind of like 1992 white limousine pulls up. All right. And we're like, we're driving to Huntsville in that. 
Mm. And I think uh, it was in 1978. <laughs> it was interesting. Actually, that weird yeah. V wing on the back of the trunk. Yeah, <laughs> the boomerang. And Saturday Night Fever. And yeah. yeah, our driver's name is Randy, and uh, his you know his shirt's a little untucked, and his hair's a little disheveled, and he might be a little drunk, you know. And right. he's coming over to the audience and taking pictures of girls' tattoos and things like that. So uh-huh. was he? Mm-hmm. That's you're kidding. No, not kidding. That might be so, inappropriate. I don't know. So yeah, he was our driver. I don't want to narc. On Randy, it's yeah. feeling a little inappropriate to me. Yeah, absolutely. so yeah, we, we I didn't know that was happening. We survived. Oh, what was it? It was like you know, it was hot. This is July oh, yeah, in the Nashville. Air didn't work the air the, didn't work in the limo. In the limo? Oh, and man. so we're asking him to roll down the windows. He can't figure out how to roll down the windows. And finally, he hands back this portable fan from the front seat <laughs> and says for him to hold that. Jeez. <laughs> um. So yeah, all this stuff happens, and then so, so the I've next, fallen pretty far yeah. since the days of SNL. Ah. Yeah. But it was a limo. That's why nobody understands that it was like very scary because right. they're like, but it was a limo. Right. And I felt like it was some sort of karma for me being a brat about never getting a limo at prom. Oh, I wanted like limo that limo for Aww. prom. You know what I mean? And I never got it. You didn't well, get if, it. If you ever turn that story into a five minute bit, you, you got Uncle Creepy's limo. Then I got Randy. Yeah. Randy. I want to take a picture of your tattoo, lady. Right. But the best part about that was the next night when we were leaving Huntsville, to go to Birmingham, mm-hmm. guess who showed up? Randy. He wasn't even on the clock? Two nights in a row. Oh. So he took us from Nashville to Huntsville to Huntsville to Birmingham. Mm. Air conditioners. In the middle of the night. <laughs> air conditioner free. <laughs> yep. No music, no air. Well, you're no stranger to some rough travel, right? That Montana gig. Oh, this is, we were talking in the green room and right? I was talking to you guys. I'm like, I have to have you guys on the show, man. These are great stories. Tell that story because that's better than anyone I've ever heard. <laughs> I am still working through it in therapy, actually. Uh, no. Do you want to lay down on the couch as you tell it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying, to th- I'm trying to think. Okay, so this was like right Right after me and Daryl even met, uh-huh. we had met in New York City. I got a spot at Caroline's on Broadway and at a sh- at a showcase, and he just happened to be on that show. And mm. we met and started, you know, like corresponding. Yeah. Um, and it was right before I had set up this like tour, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I basically got everything in my life together. I didn't really know what I was doing. I thought I was going to quit my job and go on the road as a comedian and and do what I had to do to make money. Sure, of course. Be I had a camper and we an, all, uh, we all thought that. Yeah, SUV and I had a podcast and uh, um, you know, saved money. Oh, I paid off my student loans. Mm-hmm. Wow, like, look at all, you. That's like, impressive. All kinds of stuff. Um, was I was you know like doing all these side hustles. I had mm-hmm. an Airbnb. Um, insane. But anyway, so I, I had I had planned to go on this tour in the summer and another local comedian um, who had been headlining already, uh-huh. he heard what I was doing and he asked, you know, like, hey, like, do you want to join up? I'll get us the dates. You know, you get, you take care of the camper. And, right. and I thought that's what we were going to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got my whole life into this camper and said goodbye to like my family. And and how long were you this scheduled boyfriend. for? It was supposed to be two months. Okay. Wow. it's a long time. Right. So we, we planned, we kind of planned two months and then we thought, you know, if we can sustain this, we can uh-huh. keep it going. If not, you know, we were going to try to do two months. Sure. Two months. Wow. Out of the gate. That's a long time. Yeah. And I had, I had booked the first week of it. Yeah. <laughs> even oh, if, and, even know, if it goes well. And I had Pinterest boards about camping, so I thought I was prepared. Yeah, but anyway, it just your mic, (laughs) Daryl. You're talking into your banana. (laughs) Into my banana. (laughs) It went really wrong. Like me and you know, me and Daryl started to uh, to get more involved uh and. And then um, the the dates were just falling out. All of our dates were falling. Oh, out. Oh, the, so. the shows were canceled. Yeah, so? yeah, okay. Yeah. So we were. I was ended up and being. Excuse me, but you're headed. You're you're in New York. I was living in Nashville. You're in Nashville, but you're headed to Montana. Is that right? Or was it just a series of dates towards Montana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our idea was we were going to tour around, you know, the West, and we were going to go to all all these national parks and the right. camper, yeah. and you know, if we had to, we would just do shows at the campsites for donations. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Stuff like that. Like it's kind of a cool idea. Just seriously, like we were going to be gypsies. Mm-hmm. And- 
just living on the road. Yeah. So the first week, you know, going through some stuff. And, and but then I guess it was when we, we were stuck in Bozeman, Montana for like a whole month. Right. That's where my a parents whole live. Month. They're so lucky. No, <laughs> I wish I knew them back then because oh. I would have gone and lived with them. I would have yeah. would have happily, if I said my friend Paulino's got, they would happily. Sure it's a wonderful exactly. place to live, but it's gorgeous. Honky tonks trying to get up on stage. Yeah. yeah. I don't, so I don't think it has a good comedy scene. Oh man, like I was, I was just so stir crazy that for Fourth of July weekend, I drove up to Canada right. for shows. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's yeah, yeah. how desperate I was. I celebrate America by going to the next country. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. It was really oh, bad. That's a drag. So how long did it end up being? Um, I ended up going for six weeks, about six weeks. Wow, that's impressive. And then I just like drove all the way back from uh-huh. Portland, Oregon back to my mom's house in Kentucky. Wow. That's so, a like, haul, drove man. home to my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I kind of just like, um, rehabilitated for a few days. And mm-hmm. then I went, um, up to New York with Daryl. Oh man. Well, I love the fire though. in, in the young comedian's heart, two <laughs> months, we're going to do shows. We'll volunteer. We'll just do shows for donations right. and we'll live in a camper and yeah, we'll like, play the banjo. Like, and, I got my life down to, you know, like, okay, I only need this much money. I uh-huh. only have this many bills. And uh, I thought I would be able to at least cover that. Right. And that's all I had to do. But <laughs> like quite wake, quite like waking up in a city you've never been in after you bombed the night before. Oh yeah. Or the cops are banging on your camper door telling you to move. <laughs> Oh it's like yeah, ten o'clock in the morning, and your show's not till ten p.m. that night, and you're trying to stay sober. <laughs> nowhere to take a shower, and you're, there's nowhere to take a shower, and you're out, and it's so fucking hot. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, it's a hard, hard life. Yeah, you know what it is. I remember I was I was out with my wife. We were traveling somewhere. I think we were over in England for one of her movies, and we had gotten we. I we were just in a hotel. We were in a situation we had never been in before, but I'd been in a thousand times on the road, and and we had got we had jet lag, so we'd gotten up at like six a.m., gone to the gym, <laughs> ate breakfast, went shopping to get our stuff for the day. It's ten a.m. She's like, "Now what?" And I'm like, "Welcome to my life." <laughs> like exactly, now, imagine yeah. this every day for a week, every week. You just have once you do everything before ten a.m. and there's nothing to do until eight o'clock that night. And, yeah, and, and, and you try to stay and it sober. It really matters who you're with. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to Wichita with some comics I knew. We met some people there. We had a fun week. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure I wouldn't like Wichita so much if I. Didn't have anyone to talk to. Oh, absolutely. Or when you go on a cruise ship, you got to take somebody, man. Oh, sure. You go out of your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never. Have you ever done cruise ships? Oh yeah. Oh really? How's yeah, that? Now, how, did you Listen, do cruise ships you, in you the beginning, or did you do it after <laughs> you, know, you, you were established? You two half hours. Hold on, I'm going to get you a copy of the book. <laughs> oh yeah, I would love you it. You do two half half hour sets a week. They pay the hell out of you. Yeah, and the rest of the time you get drunk, right? And if you're not drinking, good luck finding company out. Oh, really? In the middle of the, on the briny deep, <laughs> it's just a floating bar. Um, that's a lifestyle. Oh, look at this! Is this for me? Yeah. Really? I would love it. Okay. Thank you so much. I just made you give it to me. Sorry. <laughs> what are you going to say? No, it's not for you. <laughs> uh, I just got handed Daryl Hammond. Scott, if you're up, uh, God, if you're not up there, I'm fucked. Tales of stand up Saturday night live, another mind altering mayhem. I'm excited. Thank you so much. I'm excited to read it. I was just saying, this is great. I'm excited to uh, read this. Yeah. Thanks man. Because, um, pretty depressing, but <laughs> Dr. Phil says the second half is inspiring. Well, oh, there you go. I am. Uh, weekly, weekly said it was weak, wickedly funny, but, uh, the reviews were very good. Okay, great. And it's a New York Times bestseller, so it doesn't suck too much. 39. Okay. Uh, that's great. And we can get, uh, my listeners can get it, and it's it's up and available. And it's on, online. All online and all they that. They discovered with fuck in the title, they weren't going to sell that in a bookstore. Oh, interesting. So they just basically, they felt like they were moving into online sales anyway. Okay. <laughs> Even with the asterisk out of fucked? Yeah, because... It blasphemes one of the commandments. It's a sentence uh, okay. with fucking God in it. Oh, sure. 
Absolutely. Actually, like I did it in the I did a books a million in the Bible Belt, and I didn't sign one copy of my book, but I signed fifty six copies of Fifty Shades of Gray. <laughs> it's all about that commandment. Yeah, you know, no, use absolutely. the Lord's name in vain. Now yeah. listen, it's sort of like people like like I don't know if it's true or not, but just in case it is, I'm not buying that damn book. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I don't want that on my coffee table, but. Now this neat little tome that's about <laughs> butt plugs. That's that's just fine. Well, that's God's loophole, right? That's the right. butt plug. <laughs> uh, now, listen, as a preacher's kid, we mentioned earlier, I I know what you're dealing with. I, uh, it's amazing how many people in this country think they're Christians. Right. I, mean, I don't want to go off on a religious tangent or everything, but uh, you know, when I talk to these people, I'm like, wow, the church I went to. They think you're all going to hell, so I don't know really what you know what you're thinking when it comes to religion anymore. Oh yeah, um, I, I'm curious as to uh, when you're starting when you're starting out, Daryl. Were you just did you launch into impressions, or is that something you morphed into, or is that something you did? I did impressions. I'm jealous of anybody who can do impressions. I until can't I got to anything. New York, and then I stopped doing impressions. Yeah, I had one line in my act is Bill Clinton. That was uh-huh. it. Really? So you start off impressions and then got to New York. They wouldn't accept me in the clubs if I did impressions. Really? <coughs> Are they still that snotty over there in New York with the clubs? It was I, the time. I hardly get over there anymore. At the time it was. Mm-hmm. And is that was the Bill Clinton impression? Is that how you got SNL? I, that's how I got my audition. Yeah. I ended up doing like 70, 70 impressions or 70 characters. Wow. How many impressions can you do? Countless. I've learned hundreds. Yeah, over there that never made it on the air. So oh, it's right. Different. It's hard to say. Wow. What's your? Is this a hack question? But what's your favorite impression to do? That man right there. Oh my god! Yeah, Al Sharpton's oh, really? right now. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And of course, that's skinny Al. Of course, when you come over to Daryl Hammond's uh, place, yeah, the news is on. <laughs> you know, it, you know, I didn't watch the news for a long time. I'm starting to watch it again. Yeah. I, I can't, how can you not? I mean, it's so, again, it's impossible not, not to watch. Them. Yeah, not not to turn this to politics, but I do. I get up in the morning, and the first thing I do is I turn on the news and just go about my morning. It's like just what unbelievable, honey, did you see this? It's yeah, infotainment, you know. I mean, we have we have these like correspondents that are our favorites that mm-hmm. we're we're rooting for, like it's our favorite players. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we just eat it up, <laughs> loving it. I know, man. Love all the Trump drama. It's so great. It, you know what? It is drama. That's yeah. really what it is, man. I mean, we've we've literally been stay we've stayed up late sometimes to hear a story, and then I'm, and finally we're like, when we wake up in the morning, they're gonna there's like not gonna be any more new news. It's like a soap opera. You can watch it just on Fridays and be caught up. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And that's the other thing is like since you know, again, since uh, Trump is the source of all this and he gets up at four in the morning and tweets from his toilet, True. you gotta wake up in the morning and be like, All right, what happened last night? You know? What what happened last night? Every day, almost every day. Yeah. There's something like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Now, Paulina told us about her worst tour. Uh, what, do you, what, is, what would you consider your worst or one of the worst? Because my listeners love a good, terrible road story. <laughs> yeah, or, or just we can do a gig, too. I mean, one when show. we were starting out, I was with Billy Gardell, you know. And uh, I love Mike Billy. And Molly and, sure. Now, are you a Philly guy? Huh? Are you a Philly guy? Florida. No, oh, I started right. out with him in Florida. He went down to Florida, right? Yep. That's right. We He's drove around and we Pittsburgh. That's got it. our asses threatened and yeah, saw burning crosses. And oh my God! A skid of blood on the road. We were booed off stage. Jeez. Gardell had to stop some guy from kicking my ass, and occasionally he had to apply a little menace to the sure the country club guy, country club owner in one of those small cities. Uh huh. That had a bowling alley, you know, and a comedy night at the bowling alley. <laughs> $50 if you own it. Yeah. And you go over there and it's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to yeah. be able to pay you. I'm pretty sure. And Gardell, uh-huh. more than one time, sort of stepped in and went, I'm pretty sure you are paying us. Right. Wow. You guys are not small guys in the fact that you got people threatening you. Well, you must have really pissed them off. We <laughs> did. I mean, we said, well, Billy said yeah. something about the burning cross he saw. Right. In uh, in the woods, and um, 
Jeez. You know, that was a touchstone. That was a hot button issue. I would imagine. Now, that Burning Cross wasn't for you guys, was it? It's just something you stumbled no, across? No, it was KKK meeting rally. They just drove past <laughs> we it, right? We actually saw Jeez. KKK Ugh, and a Burning Cross, and we, like, freaked out. As you should. We freaked out. Were you and in Gar- Florida or, like, Alabama? That was a tough guy. I mean, yeah. he's a tough kid. Yeah. And he's like, mother, what the fuck? Right. What is that? Jeez. Yeah. I was like, Billy... Yeah, exactly. Do something like that. That's yeah. something I realized moving out here is like people don't know that like th- these people are real. Right. <laughs> and Paulina's from the South, so she's probably related to a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I am just kidding. I mean, yeah. I, oh, wait, you're from I, Louisiana, I'm, I'm right? From, well, no, I'm from Melbourne, but our family treats from Georgia and mm-hmm. I okay. lived a long time in Louisiana. Oh, so, yeah, right. I consider myself a Southerner. Sure. But I didn't expect to see that either. Wow, that's amazing. You yeah. Know? I've never, I'm from the South also. I've never seen it. Wait, where are you from again? Memphis. Oh, right. I was born Memphis, in Memphis, yeah. Tennessee. And then I lived in Indiana for a long time, which. It kind of blows your mind if you see it. Yeah, I would imagine. It's You're like, a, yeah. How much can you hate? Right? Well, how that, much yeah. can you hate? Yeah. That was one of the things oh that kind of got to my head too about doing some shows. Because, uh-huh. you know, like, you know, I was humble about it. You know, it's like if you're doing a a show at a bar, you know, for 15 people with for donations, like that's fine. That's one thing. But right. after a while, you get tired of the fact that these people, like you're performing in front of a Confederate flag and there's a stripper pole and, and you know, you do, you do a joke that you think is kind of satirical, but mm. they're laughing at it for the wrong reasons. And, sure. Oh, absolutely. And it's... That kind of got to my head after a while. I'm like, I'm tired of making people like that laugh. It's called Dear Penthouse. Uh Uh-huh. It's one when me and Billy used to play sports bars in Alabama. Okay. And occasionally we they'd have a game on. And the people would be watching the game and not you. Oh, absolutely. So I would do this I would do letters to the Penthouse Forum. (laughs) Unimaginably vile letters. Right. Didn't phase them. Didn't even look. Because to the club owner you got to stay up there and do your fucking time. Absolutely. Or you're not getting your $50. Right. If, if that's what we're getting. They just want to sell more drinks. And they won't, yeah, they won't turn off the pool like table you're the or same, anything. You're the same thing in this club as the pool table mm-hmm. and, the, and the NBA playoffs. Yeah. You know, you're the same. You're and a they're wall paying hang- for pay-per-view, so they're not going to turn off the big screens right. either. And you're, you're a wall hanging. And my first time... I did a job in Vegas. I was telling someone this last night who's not in comedy, but mm. you'll relate to this, I believe. Mm. I was to be paid $20,000 to do a 15-minute set in front of high rollers at the MGM Grand. I could totally relate. <laughs> it's me, an Elvis impersonator, okay. and a Marilyn impersonator. Right on. So, oh, they want you to do just Bill? No, they just want me to come out and do stand-up. You just want to be Daryl Hammond. They just want to do impressions. Oh, okay. First of all, I never saw a Maryland impersonator that was that good. Okay. It's Vegas. It's MGM Grand. You're going to get top talent. Sure. I never saw an Elvis that good. It's the best Elvis I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Both drag queens, I bet. Huh? Both drag queens, I bet. Well, they were great. Amazing. They were were fantastic. And then I... uh, you know, I was so excited. I mean, my first job in Vegas. You know? Right, sure, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, so, how you doing, man? Take it easy, man. You'll be fine. You know, they were just so nonchalant and clinical about it. And then I figured out why. Because I went out there and I saw, they. I was told later there were 50 nude women and 100 men. High rollers. Uh-huh. The women were painted gold. Okay. Like their bodies were right. all gold, but you could see. <clears throat> Partner, everything, you right? You could see all the <laughs> and crannies, my friend. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, someone once said to me, you know, you can't be funny in a whorehouse. Dudes won't laugh if they're given a choice between sex mm. and laugh. You know what they're going to do. Right, absolutely. So. I was up there, and I went seven minutes without one laugh, and no one even looking at me. Sure. And I walked off the stage, and I went, I don't want your money. I just want to go home. Right. She was like, what happened? I was like, I was just out there. 
There's fucking prostitutes in the audience. No one's even looking at me. They didn't even look. Yeah. She goes, so what? <laughs> she hands me 20 grand. Oh, Welcome. my God. And she goes, welcome to Vegas. Wow. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> In fact, it is good to be here. <laughs> so into $20,000 and you don't have to do a good job. You want me to do another five <laughs> minutes of silence? I can do it. Yeah. Wow. I'm yep. like, if the best Elvis and the best Marilyn I ever saw can't get him, I'm not getting him either. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't. Uh, yeah, you know what? My, somebody, a wise man once said on the show, never do stand up next to something better than stand up. Oh, Whether totally. it's naked women or a pool. Or even <laughs> if it's a TV, you can't compete with that. But, oh, yeah. But think about this. I don't, I know there were times at SNL when we removed things because they were redundant mm-hmm. or because they were distracting or the girl showing too much cleavage, not enough cleavage, something, anything that takes away from the joke, mm-hmm. you got to kill. Oh, really? No, you got to get rid of it. Sure. Well, even on SNL. Huh? Even on SNL. That's right. Huh. I mean, I think I heard Seinfeld say that we they can't have a chance to think about something else. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't give them other stuff to think about. Yeah. You want them to look exactly what you want them to look at, that right? You, yeah, that you want to hear that you hear your words only. Yeah. And not see boobs. Right. And not see people fighting and not see the, you know, NBA playoffs. Sure. And, That's and, why I never I try to never ask the audience questions. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, who here smokes or whatever, then their mind has just been taken out and now they have to start they start thinking about something else. But there, guys, I've done those gigs where they turn off the game. <laughs> they don't leave it on, and people are oh. pissed. <laughs> pissed. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. I remember Lou Dobbs was emceeing an event at the Plaza Hotel, mm-hmm. and Daryl Hammond was supposed to come in and entertain the troops after mm-hmm. the corporate three-day affair mm-hmm. ended. Well, when it ended, these men and women had been away from their loved ones, and really hadn't had a chance to talk to them. And this is their first chance to get on the phone with them. Oh, sure. Some of their loved ones were coming over to dinner, had flew in from out of town. When he And they had been through three grueling days. And Lou Dobbs went, and that's it. That's the end. People were like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, wait. Ah, there's a comic. Oh, I'll never forget. They were like, I'm no. getting ready to fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and play catch with my kid. Yeah. No. Yeah. And half of them left and sure. they stayed like Yeah. What are we doing? It's such a it's such a it's such a exact art form that people don't understand. Totally. You know what go I mean? To, go to Nashville, go to Huntsville, see how it's done. Go to Denver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really see how or it's I, done. You know, I tout the improvs a lot, not just because they work me a lot, but they know how it's done. Well, mm-hmm. Irvine improv Get, try to find a better comedy experience. I, it's one of my favorites. It's unbelievable. I, you, yeah. you got out here after the open. There used to be 300 seats. Wow, it's and that was perfect as far as I was concerned. What a great room. Now, 500 seats is a little... A little for harder. a headliner like me, I can't sell every night I'm not at 500 seats. For that. Yeah. I mean, there's a level of fame. There's a level of... I, Me and my girlfriend are having br- breakfast, and the paparazzi walk by, and they see Daryl Hammond go, I don't know. <laughs> but, but there's someone in Earth Bar. They're like, excuse me, Mr. Hammond. There's somebody famous next over there. <laughs> no, because I I've only done one red carpet. Mm-hmm. The reason was my first red carpet at Thirty Rock. The reporters came over. They were talking to me, and the second George Clooney, one of them literally said, "It's Clooney." Right. They left in yeah. mid. I was talking here, and they ran <laughs> in that <laughs> direction. And Jay Leno was there. I was like, I'm so. Harris. <laughs> forget about it. Forget it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's an announcement. Daryl Hammond and I are gay lovers. We're getting married. <laughs> getting married. I mean, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he felt so bad for me. He goes, That's uh, uh, it's your first carpet. <laughs> carpet. I'm like, Yeah, he goes, I know. That's hilarious. Part of the business. Part <laughs> of the game. Well, at least they talk to you. I've, I do the red carpets and I get out. I do them mostly with my wife because she's a costume designer. Oh, yeah. And we get out of the limo or the car, and you literally hear a, uh. no. <laughs> the, oh, it's the, nobody. And the cameras but go I down. Do too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no. Oh, hey, Daryl. Yeah. Could you just really get out? 
find yourself, this is the line in Wizard of Oz, find yourself a place that you won't get into any trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Just be at, you're underfoot. Get, don't be underfoot, Daryl. Tony could be here any minute. Um, <clears throat> before we go, and thank you so much for doing this, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for welcoming me into your house. Uh, thank you for letting me sleep on your couch. Uh, my wife and I aren't getting along well. Uh, <laughs> I can see why. No, I'm Whoa, I I'm love just, it. Totally. I love it. Burn for no reason. Burn. Uh, I am excited about this book. My wife is uh, going to be on location till February. So I am doing a single dad. No. Guys, I'm off the road for a while, so I'll be working locally. So oh, It's literally being made into a Broadway play. The director is Chris Ashley, who just won his third Tony. Oh, awesome. It's literally. Really? Yes, that book. Wow. And so how does that is? I haven't read it yet. So. It's just some sordid shit. It's a, like essays, right? It's chapters. For, but okay. I don't know. It's a memoir. Like to sure. me, okay, I thanks. always tell people not to read the SNL stuff because I don't have anything. It's that, all good. It's nothing, no, it's fine. It's just boring. I mean, it's right. not anything you haven't heard. It's like you uh, def- talking about your set the other night. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, it's not anything no one's heard. Sure. People say they like it anyway, but that's interesting. How are they gonna is it a narrative? Is it gonna be like a play or do you one know person yet? show? One person show are you doing it? Or is you gonna uh what do they call it? Where are you stunt cast? Yeah, you produce it and then people can do it all over the country with different That's my goal. Okay. But they may want me to do I guess franchise might be the word. I'll come to you if it gets mounted <laughs> on Broadway. Well, you gotta find an actor who can do a lot of impressions. Oh yeah, that's true. Like too. my goal is, I would love to do it four months on Broadway, and then Jim Carrey does it, or right. yeah, or or the the next Jim Carrey, the sure. guy that we haven't discovered yet. Right. I mean, that is a slight on Jim Carrey because there's probably not anyone else like him out there. But right. I or, for a long time wanted him to do it. Yeah. And they've agreed to it. That's they just great. haven't made a final decision on it yet. Or it'd be cool to have a Daryl Hammond for four, and then a Jim Carrey for four, and then Kevin Spacey. A Spacey, yeah, he does great impressions. A Spacey, you know, somebody who can do that and just have Rob you know, Lowe does great impressions. Does Rob Lowe really? He's got tons of people in mind. Yeah, it's like who Rob would you Lowe want does to play? Great you? Impressions. Yeah, I had I no mean, idea. There's five or ten people that I would just one after another. I cast, uh-huh. I cast them if I could. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm looking. And for then that. I'll be sitting out here and going to the one nighters at Oxnard. <laughs> Exactly. That's all we are doing this month is we have like one nighters in California. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Well, it's I'm so in town, nice. so call me next time you go to Oxnard. I had a blast up there right? with you guys. That was a fun night. Yeah, Although I hope I they have the a pizza back. and had an allergic reaction to it. But we to what to though? Do you know? I think it was. Uh, I had the <laughs> so weird. I, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Is mushroom pizza that they had, mm-hmm. and it was extra salty or something, and it just made my eyes puff out. Oh, yeah, it was that a is a reaction. It was the first this. time I'd ever had that. It was. Weird. I went to a Chinese restaurant across from Equinox. So good. In New York. Yeah. I, I looked like I got stung by bees. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, I think it's the salt, that the sodium that does that. And I felt an hour later, you're supposed to feel hungry. Right. Hungrier. Yeah. I was like, I thought like I drank. Battery. I, oh, what did I eat right. yeah. that gave me a headache? And I'm sitting there at a table, and you know it's a winter day, and sweat's pouring off my face. Mm-hmm. Like, Why does my body want to get rid of this so fast? Huh? Was it the MSG? I was gonna say MSG, maybe sodium. Oh man! And my face. Yeah, just blows right up. Yeah, puffer fish. Yeah. Um. Now, excuse my. Uh, not knowledge on this, so I, I was going to Google it and check it out before I got here, but I didn't get a chance. Did you ever do the correspondence dinner? Three times. <laughs> so that would be a yes. Mm-hmm. Now, how was that? Fun? How was that? Was that? F- I, I'm intrigued by it. I've, I've, I've thought I've, you know, I watch them a lot. I think it was the greatest, one of the, my best experiences really? to be Good. performing for the president. Hell yeah. That's amazing. Did he like... I found it a tremendously difficult crowd. Really? That was my Because that's not a normal crowd, dude. Because first of all, they're on TV and they know it. They're all people of means and substance with weighty positions in the world. Mm -hmm. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, Congress, you know, the White House press corps. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they're on TV and they know it. So they can't really be afford to, they can't afford to laugh at something that they might later. Get in trouble for oh, laughing at it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've been thought about that. So part. they're 
they're checking each other before they laugh. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so damn hard. Yeah. And they're so fucking powerful. Yeah. Everyone in there is like so powerful. Right. But, uh, man, I, I got, uh, Jim Downey to help me. I got Seth Myers to help me once. Oh, great. I got some kick-ass writers. Yeah. Prop me up out there. Awesome. Which one? Gonna- there was the one where it was after Clinton had had some surgery, and it was around the time where the we, first were, one. we were talking about, um, you know, like stem cell research mm-hmm, sure. and all that and human cloning. So the joke was Daryl or that uh, Clinton had a clone made, and mm-hmm. that was Daryl. So I oh, funny! That was like the gag. Was that the the setup for the whole right? The whole so he came uh, out oh, and gave Clinton's speech, right? Yeah. Oh, hilarious! As him. He's like, I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bring my clone out. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, did Bill like your impression? Did he? So he was so nice to me. Yeah, just unreal. I yeah, the guy was. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a, I have a buddy named PJ Walsh. who's a comic. He was. Uh, he had the highest clearance because he was uh, President Bill and Hillary's dental. wasn't the dentist, but mm-hmm. the one next to it. So he had the highest. Cl- you know, he had a fucking knife to the oh, president's geez. neck, basically. So never thought of that. And he said, "Bill was great. Hillary was better. Like Hillary Aww. was nicer. Not not that Bill was bad, but like you know, you get if you can even imagine a better person than Bill, right? Right. right. Yeah. And you know, Hillary gets all this you know stuffy. I think people don't really understand that they're in combat when they're out there. Yeah, they're taking they're taking arrows, and they don't even know who's shooting them. And they're getting arrows in the chest. And, and that's a daily thing. And they get combative. Mm-hmm. And they get cold. And they get clinical. And it's the only way to survive it. It's not often you get a guy like Bill Clinton who appears to be gliding through the whole thing. Right. Or Reagan. Yeah. They're both very smooth. Just so smooth out mm-hmm. there. We never really, you know, the phrase, never let them see you sweat. You didn't yeah. see those guys sweat. Mm-hmm. And if they did, they made a big heart war- warming joke out of it i mean mm-hmm. the, just clinton and reagan's genius for what people are seeing you know dick cavett once said i'm sorry groucho marks can't see how people see them mm-hmm. well these two cats do see it right trump does too yeah trump knows how to work oh. a room absolutely absolutely oh that's how he got elected oh my god um man i love dick cavett I yeah. I'll go through the rabbit hole of watching those old Dick Cavett shows. It's on Hulu. <clears throat> oh, it's great. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I have to check it out. I remember I, I, I went up to him one time and I and I did the, the stupidest thing. I'm like, I read your book ten times. I'm your biggest fan. He's like, Gosh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> it's really nice. Isn't it? it makes me feel like I transcend generations, haven't I? Uh, I was very. I was like, You sound just like yourself. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, listen, guys, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I enjoyed both of your sets when I uh, worked with you guys. It was great. It's great to have somebody who can open a room, which Aww, is hard. She's awfully good at That's it. Remember, do, Paulina yeah. doesn't tell. You know, she's been published in Washington Post. The child can write. What? Oh, yeah. Really? She's a really oh, good writer. I would open every conversation with that if I was you. <laughs> I would, too. That's, I'd say that every time. Absolutely. I'd, I'd say it to strangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so... The whole thing about being in front of a crowd is just takes time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I don't. I like hosting. You know, to me, yeah. that's more about connecting with pe- with people than it is about proving how funny you are. And no, I, that's. I kind of I relate to that part. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you connect with them and you're funny, so well, it, you. it wins. I Until mean, I, you get a tight sixty minutes, and then you're like, and "Fuck I'll be this like, hosting. See ya. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. fuck that shit." <laughs> Later, oh, gamers. Yeah. No, I had. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I booked a bunch of casinos through New Mexico when I was down there last month, and my fr- I went on the road with my friend Allie, and uh, we split the time. But I opened the show. It was just a two person show, mm-hmm. and and just opening a Those room. Those are rough, though, right? Opening a room is not I use is not as easy. Oh wait, yeah. opening a, in a casino? A yeah. Show? And a two person show is not. <sighs> yeah. You've got to have your wings. Well, in a casino, do pe- have you mentioned this? In a casino, the only reason people are in your show is because they are out of money. Yeah. And they are in a bad mood because they are out of money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You'll never be funnier on- than the $5,000 they just lost. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's hard to play people who are really in survival mode. It's mm-hmm. like either lucky lady hits on the seventh. Yeah. Or we're not eating. Yeah, exactly. 
So, uh, yes. So kudos yes. to both of you. And then watch it. And then seeing your stand up, because I'd never seen, obviously, I've seen you on television a ton, mm. but I've never seen you do stand up. And you're such a great storyteller. Also, and, very yeah. intimate. Yeah, very say? intimate. And I don't even think maybe you did one impression, maybe. And I it's, think somebody asked for it, but your stories were fascinating. When I started out, I was with Chappelle, John Stewart. David Tell, Sarah Silverman, mm-hmm. Ray Romano, it would be the same show. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, I did, I went up every night. We all went up every, do you remember that? Every night. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. no, I have to go up. Yeah. Went up every fucking night. Yeah. And that went on for years at the Comedy Cellar 300 times a year. Mm. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you 300 times a year. Right. You, you get good at talking to the people. Mm-hmm. And it's a style. Because they're people, never mind. <laughs> it's just a style of comedy that I started and I right. had to because in the beginning, you know, you're on at 1 a.m. and the people aren't really paying attention. Yeah. You know how it is. Anyway. It's kind of like opening a room, going up at 1 a.m. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Paulina Combo, where can we find you? Oh, yeah. Just uh, if you can if you can spell my name, you can find me. It's I'm the P-A-U-L-I-N-A, only one of me. It's <laughs> P-A-U-L-I-N-A, Paulina Combo, C-O-M-B-O-W. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, okay. website. Awesome. Yeah. Daryl Hammond, where can we find you? DarylHammond.com. Um, is there a Daryl Hammond? Yeah. Hey, I, I do all his Absolutely. social media. <laughs> no, that's cool. He's, it's His is under Daryl C. Hammond. Oh, all right. Because he only got social media this year. And there's I, a lot of I think you people. got it right before we did Oxnard together. Right. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has a website. He has Twitter, Instagram, and cool. Facebook at Daryl C. Hammond. Are you guys going on the... No, you guys are staying local for a while, aren't you? For, for this month, yeah, for all August. Right. Well, we have a lot of local listeners, so uh, I'll tell them to... Come to the Laugh Factory for Daryl Hammond and Friends and support the Claire Foundation. Absolutely. First Wednesday of every month. First Wednesday of every month. It's supposed to be Daryl Hammond and Friends. That's great. And it's perfect for you. It's right up the street. Exactly. It's wonderful. I'm going to go to the bathroom and eat lunch. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Thank you. Oh, you too, Daryl. Thank you so much. At Murray V on Twitter. uh, You know the rest. Uh, Thanks for listening. It's good to be back. I'll talk to you guys soon. Come see these uh, two when they come to your town. Very funny. On the road, it's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.